Torto. Let me. Torto. Let me and turn this down. Let me turn this down. And then let me turn all this down. Let me know if the audio is good, chat. If we if we have any issues with audio and you can't hear somebody, let me know. But hello. Welcome in. Um, this is going to be what we call the shit post podcast, but we can't actually type that out because we'll get in trouble. Um <laughs> But welcome. Uh joined with me today. We have Jojo on the top left. We have Drew on the top right and my sister Niss on the bottom right. Yo, Sean, how's it going? How's it going? Um, so obviously, I mean, I don't really know where to start with things because I mean, I've, I've never done something like this, but, um, <laughs> uh, so what we're, so to today's plan. Okay. Today's plan is to basically talk about, um, the gaming industry where we started and where it is now how much has changed the outlook on things and we're basically going to set this outline for today and uh we're just going to go wherever with it wherever we talk about and wherever it goes with chat interaction all that kind of stuff is completely fine um of course chat if you guys have your own input and you have your own questions and and stuff like that to include into the conversations and you guys want us to answer your questions feel free to send them in and uh, we'll talk about them when we get a chance to um but yeah um I don't know how are we, how are you guys feeling today? I'm pretty good. I'm vibing. I need to turn Drew up and Jojo. Tommy Whoa. hurt because ate too fast. Why you oh eat? no! Why you eat fast? <laughs> I didn't want to eat on stream. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Talk loot boxes and gambling. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try we're gonna we're gonna uh, try to talk God, about okay. everything. Yeah. I, I try to talk about a little bit of everything. Um. Uh, Jojo and I were kind of going ham last night talking about things, but we we we, we, we had to cut it. Yeah, we had to cut it short because we want to save it for the podcast. Um, okay, so uh, once again, the topic is right. Thank you for the hydrate, by the way, Sunny. Um, how much has the gaming industry changed and, and where we started? And so I'll, I'll I'll go last answering these questions because I want you guys to have as much interaction as possible. Um, so. What I can ask, what I'm gonna ask first is, is like, what did what did you guys start with? What was your guys's like game that really got you into the industry? Also, Ant, thank you so much for the 25 bits. I don't have a, a an alert box on my screen, so give me a minute. <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, how how we do? Uh, by the way. Uh, for anybody in chat, if there's any audio issues, again, let me know. Um, but yeah, what did what did you guys personally start with? Like, what was the game that got you into games? So this is kind of funny. When I was like six, it was my it was my it was Christmas when I was like six. My dad got me and my sister Nintendo DSs, and the first game that I ever really played was Sweet Life of Zack and Cody: Circle of Five. <laughs> What? No joke. No. It was Sweet Life of Zack and Cody Circle of Spies. The whole thing was basically like you're just trying to go through the hotel because a bunch of spies were in it. And it was it was strange. I barely remember anything except for hiding from spies. There was a ghost mini game where you had to like balance pies. And like that's about all I remember. And before that, well, not even before that. I think it was like so my dad got me a DS Lite, and at the same time. I had a Game Boy Advanced, and I played um, a lot of <laughs> of Surfs Up the video game. Oh, that's sick! 
uh, also, really quick, Sunny, cheer to five, my 500 bits. I appreciate you, Sunny. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sunny. Okay. Thank I... you, Sunny. <laughs> okay, so so Drew and Drew and Nis, where, where did you guys start? What was your guys' like beginner? I think I know the most about Nis because I mean I was I was kind of there, but yeah, we pretty much grew up on the same stuff, almost. I definitely oh my started God. Okay. out with like. Hold on. Oh my. Hold on, Sunny, but... with the five gifted subs to Sean Anthony FPS second account by the way, Brooke, uh, <laughs> you have been misled and DJ Leader, thank you so much for the subs. Whoa. I appreciate you. Oh, getting money, pong champ. Okay, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. But um, when I first started gaming, it started out actually with the N64 and the Sega Genesis. I I am an old man, so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what, but, but, like, what um, were the yeah? What were the, like the games? First game, that got like, first game that really got me had to be Star Wars Rogue Squadron for the N64. Like that was an absolute banger for me. I could replay every single level like over and over again without fail and like not get bored. Yeah. And honestly, like I'm pretty sure like Star Wars Pod Racer as well. Oh, <laughs> oh, Pod Racer. That's nuts. That reminds me, does anyone remember Star Wars Bombad Racing? Yes, I do. <laughs> honestly, that was just a meme of a game at that point. I had so much fun with it though. The oversized heads and like the small cars. <laughs> oh, the game was fire. Alright, and this, what about you? What did you really start oh, with? Oh, fuck. It's been a really long time. <laughs> I am also old. It, okay, you remember the Game Boys that didn't even have fucking color, like the original Game Boys? Oh, God. I used to play one of the original Kirby's on that. Uh, I forget which one. And then uh, I think it was Dreamland. I think it was Dreamland. I, I think that was the was only Dreamland. one. Dreamland. I think it was the only one that was on the yeah on the original Game Boy, and then um, what's it called? Uh, eventually, when the Game Boy Color came out, I played Final Fantasy Tactics. I was really into Final Fantasy because uh, when I was really really little, before I was even like allowed to touch video games, I used to sneak downstairs in the middle of the night and go and sit in my dad's lap while he played Final Fantasy and just watched him play it. So it's like. I kind of grew up on that franchise yeah. um, and then my very first PC game I was really really young and it was one of those like I think it was roller coaster tycoon where you build the roller coasters and stuff <laughs> yeah so that was, a, that was my that my beginning that, that and uh, Legend of Zelda and thank you so much for the 20 bits by the way Freegasm <laughs> Okay, uh, so for me, damn, um, I would say that, I, I mean, around the time that I was growing up was the time when, you know, games in the family were kind of really popular. So there wasn't really a start for me in, in like individual, like a, like one game, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of like a, like a, like a span of games. But the ones that I remember specifically, um, I remember being really bad at the Zelda games on the Game Boy, like uh, Link's Awakening, like horrible. Like I remember getting as far as the Pegasus boots and basically just running into walls so hoping that it would get me somewhere. Um, and I would say too, and, and I've talked about this on, on stream in previous times too, I think that um, the oldest game that always holds a really deep, like, you know, like, um, place in my heart is wind waker because 
um, I watched my dad um, play that game, and uh, I just thought it was like the coolest shit in the world. So uh, Zelda was actually what I was into before I even got into Final Fantasy and all that kind of stuff. Kind of integrated that into into it later. But Zelda, I would say, was probably my first experience with games, and then aside from that, maybe like games like uh, like Smash. And this used to fucking rule me uh, when I was a kid, bro. Like, I, I Did you remember Strikers, Super Mario? Yeah, Strikers? and Super Mario Striker. <laughs> Realistically, I would say that that the GameCube was pretty much where a lot of my my gaming started. Was uh, was back then, but yeah. So Ryan and I used to play a lot of games together growing up. Like we used to sit together and play Wind Waker. I think we played Enchanted Arms for a while together on the Xbox 360. Oh, Enchanted Arms. Yeah. So and like a ton of MMOs growing up and all kinds of all kinds of stuff. I remember a lot of that. That was always a lot of fun. I remember being like when I was like five years old, my dad and my godfather were both obsessed with WoW. So I would always watch those two playing WoW at the same time. And to entertain me, he would just do a bunch of emotes and I would always like just die laughing at wow emotes <laughs> i think that the kind of kind of similar experience but for me it was kind of with fps um i remember sitting around and watching my dad and his friend back then they would always play LAN, and they would always play planet side and planet side dude i thought yeah. that that shit was hilarious just watching how you could kill somebody midair and they just body launch across the entire map <laughs> i just thought i thought that stuff was the funniest thing and i think back then was the first time i was like yeah i want to kill people too <laughs> but, um, <laughs> sean says i started on pc as far back as i can remember and never really got into console gaming oh okay okay dude he's been pc master race since day one uh ragdolls make it great yeah true but I yeah, mean, has ascended. So what I mean, I guess I guess where to start is you know, one one thing that we can kind of talk about and get into like a little bit deeper in the topic is you know, from from back then and what you remember about the way that games were back then, like how how much has it changed um, in terms of just the industry? Let, let's okay, let's focus more on on like the games themselves first. Like, what do you notice about the games back then and the, and the excitement of them now or then to 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 how they are now? Well, back then, I feel like there was something really magical about playing games, especially like from a childhood point of view. You know, playing a game was a very like surreal experience. Like I, I would spend hours in my living room playing Ratchet and Clank on the PS, uh, PS2, oh <laughs> and you know that versus you know how things are now. Like now, yeah, games are rad; they really are. But I feel like they'll never have that same feeling as being sucked into a game like when I was a kid. You yeah, know? for sure. I definitely feel that because like. I don't know the difference between like games back then and now i feel like now everyone always tries to go for that competitive aspect whenever it comes to a video game everyone's always trying to be like oh like this is the new meta this is like the new way to play like this game while back then it was like you kind of played the game however you wanted you know what i mean yeah i think for one it just uh 
it has a lot to do with being a child and like experience things for the first time like gaming was brand spring spanking new and yeah. like it was just on the rise and stuff and all the good stuff was coming out and so like you know it, obviously it's gonna feel magical you know because you're you're a kid and stuff but uh fucking uh the gaming industry nowadays ever since like kind of esports kind of like really took off and everything it, it definitely has become a very competitive uh like ground i guess and it kind of sucks because like the whole reason to game is to like enjoy yourself and like have fun yeah. and really like you know appreciate the game for what it is but um it's hard to do that sometimes it's kind of sad and it feels like there's a lot of games that are just copy and paste nowadays because yeah. people are consuming things at the speed of freaking light and so it's like gaming companies and stuff like that feel like they have to put out this you know these great games within such a short amount of time so it just becomes like clones of each other and it's yeah so what so so sean said in chat um i feel the magic when i find something new a kind of rare feeling these days yeah. and i think to kind of expand off of what you guys are saying you know back back then um i mean to put it to put it the easiest way there's something magical about being bad at video games like there's <laughs> a, there's something there's something amazing about not knowing what the hell you're doing but somehow still getting by and like experiencing this like for the first time that that was so exciting back then um like i remember you know and, and i i think i can talk about this because it was in the past i don't do it now but um i remember emulating uh nintendo 64 games on my pc and playing through like super mario 64 uh banjo kazooie and like stuff like that and just like it was it was just the most entertaining thing because you know i was horrible at them but i had cheats <laughs> to do it with so like i <laughs> I could I could get by and it was just it was just like this there's just like this never ending just entertainment and I think now you know um because of how much the industry's blown up and because of you know now now the idea of you know I can I can do this as a job I can make money off of this game I can you know I can do all this kind of stuff I think now that it's kind of turned into the same you know it's kind of put gaming into the same light as uh as as you know sports you know mm -hmm. like you know if you want to if you're going to do it you have to be the best at it you're going to be the best at it you know what i mean there's very there's very little remaining like people who just want to experience you know yeah mm -hmm. it's all about who's going to be the top at the top and you know even even jojo and i were talking last night um about you know a new mmo that's coming up called blue protocol and mm -hmm. we were talking about you know how you know, we want the friend group to kind of be the first one on there so that we can be, you know, top of the line guild and stuff like that. And it's not it's not so much that that's competitive, but, you know, that's that's kind of like the light that that gaming is put into right now. You know, mm -hmm. um, Anthony says being bad at games is so much more fun, in my opinion. There's still a ton to learn because if you don't if you start Valorant, for example, and Radiant, then you don't really have much to work off of, even though you can try to climb to number one. There's no room to grind ranks. Yeah. And I agree. And, and there and there's very little people who who kind of see it that way too and like there's i i feel like it's kind of in the light of you know it, it's <laughs> it's top or nothing you know what i mean like you want to be the best of the best you want you want to you know join an org and stuff like that and i feel like there's just so much um there's so much just i i don't know there's there's a lot of 
uh, competitiveness that has been just introduced to the gaming industry now. It's like, kind of like that concept where if you have all the money in the world and you can afford everything, everything just kind of feels dull. Yeah. You know, you yeah. don't have a lot of a lot of like substance to life. You know what I mean? You you're you're rich in in one thing and that's it. And yeah. that's what makes life dull. You know, it, it doesn't it's nothing's exciting anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that makes me yeah. think. How does Shroud still manage to have fun in games? You know? <laughs> like in FPS. Yeah, that man's a legend. I think that I think that with people like Shroud yeah i think that it's just kind of this i mean obviously he does try and there's there's moments where he does try but i think with yeah. shroud it, it comes so easy to him now and it's such a natural thing after playing games for so long that i think pub stomping is what is fun for him you know what i mean like that's just the norm that's how he plays games that's you know that's what he is and you know to that degree i think that you know that's that's just kind of a normalized experience for him yeah. i think also too though is that you know, watching him now and stuff compared to his competitive days, mm. ever since he's kind of retired, he's he's not as sharp as he used to be. And I think it's because he's letting himself not be sharp. You know what I mean? He's letting himself kind of fall back on his skill and stuff. That way he has that room to grow again. Mm. And I mean, he doesn't Too always nice. pub stomp. There's been a couple of times where I've seen him on stream get completely freaking rolled. So, yeah. I mean you know thank you so uh so much for the two months to jg dark chat lots of love in the chat for uh for jg dark thank you so much how you doing dude <laughs> welcome hello thank you <laughs> uh, um i like how we have a cat cam in the background for uh, ash there is that so true is that mitts no it's jersey oh okay Vibin'. um in that same vein i feel like that whole competitive nature has even like moved to single player games you know like look at speed running there's speed running and there's also a lot of elitists that like think if you don't build this certain way in your single player game you're playing the game wrong yeah you know um and it's kind of nuts uh it's uh yeah i don't know i, I feel yeah. like it's moved all over the gaming industry um yeah, i'm doing awesome jg um, we're just talking about the gaming industry right now uh, to kind of expand off of what Jojo was saying too um, I honestly think I mean this is just my personal opinion you know and everyone's gonna have their their other opinions and stuff like that but you know um, one thing that I will say now and we and we talked about it I think a couple days ago on stream too um, to give credit where credit is due you know I think that Fortnite was really the blow up of competitive <laughs> and and Drew's, Drew's smiling right now, but he knows it's true, you know. And I think that to give credit, you know, to give to give it to credit, like even if you don't like it, and even if you you're not a huge fan of it, and you know you don't you and you know I'll ad I'll admit too that you know I've enjoyed yeah. Fortnite and its prime, and I've enjoyed it, you know, and 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 when it first started and stuff like that. But I'm not like massive on it, um, and I don't play it any longer. But to give credit, like that's where, that's where it started you know what i mean like the idea of major esports and making a like you know millions off of a off of a gaming competition and something like that that didn't that didn't really happen until until fortnite blew up and i think that the competitive nature that kind of overwhelms the gaming industry right now is prominent from that because you know, especially when it comes to streamers and all these competitive streamers, these people that you see that, you know, TTV in their name and, you know, popping off on Fortnite, you know, <laughs> you know, like that, all that kind of thing, yeah. you know, it comes from like 
they saw how how you know successful people like ninja and and nick Merckx and all the you know the, the original people who used to start out on fortnite like they saw like how much that set them apart from the rest of the industry and i think mm -hmm. now like that that's kind of where it comes from is like if i want to be successful in the gaming industry i have to play the saturated games and i have to be the best at them you know what i mean and that's where it kind of developed i mean that's my personal opinion but i see where you're coming from i definitely think fortnite was a big staple in the competitive gaming like it was definitely one of the games that kind of set that whole idealism into motion and stuff like that i think mm -hmm. before fortnite and i have a, honestly i'm not a fan of fortnite um, I played it when it first started. <laughs> Shut up, Drew. <laughs> uh, I'm really not that big of a fan of it, but I respect it and I respect the devs for putting as much work as they put into it and keeping it big and keeping it going. Um, another game I think that had one of probably just as big of a hand in that scene is Overwatch, to be honest with you. Overwatch was like the game, I feel like before Fortnite, that really like set things into motion in terms of like competitive and stuff like that and then fortnite just kind of like really just pushed that envelope forward as fast as it fucking could well, so yeah in my personal opinion like before even overwatch you know they had the cs tournaments they had league tournaments they even had uh uh even uh smash bros was big in the competitive scene but what i think uh fortnite really did was show it to the masses you know nothing was as huge as fortnite was in its prime yeah with fortnite first of all it showed it to the masses the the news was talking about it and what fortnite also really did was show competitive gaming to a whole new generation of gamers you know yeah There's, you know so many kids who looked at fortnite and were like damn that's <laughs> insane they probably didn't say damn because they're children, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. I mean, I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear from Drew because you know, as somebody that I mean, Drew is true. Realistically, <laughs> Drew is Drew is the only one of the, of the four of us who had actually had actually competed to a certain degree in Fortnite, and he, I'm pretty sure, at, at one point he had won money. I mean, I, like, what do you think about it? I mean, <clears throat> I definitely enjoyed Fortnite for what it was, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was definitely experience, a good time. Like, I'd say, like, that's literally how we bonded, if anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Definitely through that game. But over time, it definitely became, like, an oversaturated market where, like, just mm -hmm. everyone wanted to be the top player. Like, everyone just, like, wanted to be, like, Ninja. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... Definitely for sure, like what Ash and like JoJo were saying, like Overwatch and like Counter Strike were definitely like the beginning of that. But it was something with Fortnite that just, I don't know, some it just gravitate, like everyone just gravitated over to it, like much more than like Overwatch and Counter Strike for some reason. It probably because it was one of the very first games in a while that was <laughs> really, really unique and like really just out there. You know what I mean? It was something really new that. I mean, nobody had ever really seen before. They were doing all kinds of crazy crap. You were, you were able to build what? That's weird, you know. Yeah, and I'm I'm thankful for Fortnite too because I feel like um, 
like Drew and I have been friends for a really long time and I feel like Fortnite kind of brought us closer <laughs> again after fading out for like a couple years of not talking to each other and stuff like that and then we like came back together and we we're like hey like what are you doing nowadays and there was like Fortnite and Overwatch going on and like, those <laughs> were the two games that we started playing together and like we've been talking since then so yeah I'm thankful for the two games I definitely think that you know obviously like, I'm not trying to to discredit, you know, Overwatch and, and CS:GO and all this because those were definitely. I mean, I mean, so many of like the legendary, you know, players that we have now, like you know, Shroud. Um, and, and I mean, especially, I mean, I would say Shroud is like probably the top one that came from CS:GO, right? And like, yeah. there's a bunch of people who have a past in CS:GO. I mean, there's even a bunch of people like, um, you know, I know from Overwatch, uh, Gail Adelaide. He was a huge, he was a huge CS:GO player back then, and you know, I even Tim the Tatman. I mean, he used to do mm -hmm. he used to do uh csgo and you know they all kind of migrated over to overwatch 2 and and stuff and i think that you know obviously i'm not trying to discredit it but to the same to the same thing like kind of what you guys are saying there was something about fortnite that you know it just like it just like took what csgo and overwatch were creating and just kind of blew it off you know and and you know it, it's crazy because you know fortnite was where I would say, you know, that obviously there was an idea of wanting to win money through competitions, through League and through CSGO and through Overwatch. But the idea that it is attainable for anybody and a career in gaming was attainable for anybody didn't really become a thing until Fortnite was as big as it was. And, and, I, and I say that because, you know, Ninja, he was on like the face of some of the biggest corporations in the in the on the you know what i mean in the world yeah. and and you know he was on the jimmy fallon show and you know then that's something that we've never seen mm -hmm. you know and, and no matter what really people say i would say that not only did fortnite kind of shape the path that gaming is on right now but but ninja did too i mean he was the face of of what gaming was for a long time i mean if you ask anybody yeah. back then like about twitch and streaming the first person that most people are going to think of is ninja yeah. You know, and and so, you know, even if you don't really like his content and the way that he kind of shifted as soon as things blew up and stuff like that, he was responsible for, you know, being the face of gaming. He was trying to paint gaming into a light that it had never been seen in before, you know, because mm -hmm. that's that's when, you know, he was basically the spokesman, <laughs> you know, he was like the spokesman for, you know, why it is possible to make a career out of gaming and stuff like that. So, you know, even though like Overwatch and CSGO, yeah, they, they have a huge part in competitive, you know, gaming and, and, and competitive shooters and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that it didn't really take off to where it is today until that point. Yeah. See, it's a build on what you were saying about like Ninja and the Jimmy Fallon show. <clears throat> I feel like it was like between like him and believe it or not, sinatra actually because i know they were both on the jimmy fallon show like I, i'm not sure which one was on first but i know they happened to be on within like the same year and i feel like that's when like i'd say like if anything media like that has started paying attention to like pro esports and stuff like that or just video games in general in a positive light <laughs> yeah um, and Sean says in chat, in my opinion, the greatest thing Fortnite did uh, did was took the football players off of COD and made gaming cool. See that that also, in the same way, <laughs> rappers made anime cool. Like, so I mean that that also is true. I mean, a bunch of uh, like the idea that that a bunch of like big celebrities from football and from and from music industry and all that kind of stuff played games that we were all into was kind of foreign back then. 
but you mm-hmm. know ninja ninja you know he played with drake yeah. he played with football players you know what i mean like that that it was a an, an an insane idea because you know even if you guys if you guys weren't there for that time the day that um that ninja was playing with drake that yeah. was massive on the internet for it, it weeks for, records. yeah for weeks straight like that that was the big thing you know what i mean and and so you know i, I don't know like that's that's what i'm saying and i think the other thing too that that drew was saying was like how fortnite created something that uh gravitated people to it was um there was also to a certain degree there was integration of like real life humor and real life you know what i mean and and like and and catered to the casual audience too i mean they're still putting tiktok dances in fortnite (laughs) you know so like that's something that's something that people really really enjoy too because that was something that we didn't really have before either and and obviously the integration of a battle pass system too i mean that was like the first like major big one that we had also Mm -hmm. yes and uh ninja did play with drake (laughs) yeah he had over six hundred thousand concurrent viewers when he played with drake yeah what's it called fortnite brought back for a very short time and it's you know in its prime and stuff well not a short time there was a it was a long period that it did this but it brought back the magic in gaming it brought back that feeling of being a kid and finding something new and being really bad at it but loving it anyway and having fun with it and really like indulging in the game because of the way that they built it it was so like it was so childish that it brought yeah. out the child in you and it well, felt amazing. <laughs> there's that and the fact that it had such a wide range of people playing it, people from literally Drake, you know, there was this old man on Twitch who played it. There was, mm-hmm. you know, ch- literal that. babies who played it, you know? So it, it it was a game for literally all ages. And I think that's why it had such a massive audience was ages from like five years old to 76 you know we're playing that game yeah Great. um really time. <laughs> and yeah sean i do remember when uh ninja played fortnite with ellen that was, that was <laughs> oh, yeah. an interesting time oh no <laughs> <laughs> make money from this um <laughs> me and an old friend tried to run a house with food etc long story wait what before the, oh oh okay okay he's talking about Fortnite, <laughs> um, but yeah I mean I don't know I think that that's kind of where where things where things got right now I mean I don't know what else I can really say about that other than that you know, um but I think that you know obviously I, with with Fortnite too you know that's that's also where Twitch kind of blew up yeah you know a lot of people i mean i think a lot of people became streamers because of coronavirus <laughs> i think a lot of people started uh started to you know indulge in the idea of of you know playing games for for an audience uh yeah. when we were when we were on lockdown and stuff like that but i think that a lot of uh i think that a lot of like twitch blowups and stuff like that were kind of stemmed from fortnite yeah uh also Fortnite wouldn't really be a thing without PUBG and H1Z1. That's you know? true. Yeah. Those two games kind of revolutionized the gaming industry for so long because that really kickstarted the Battle Royale meta. Yep. You know, it was H1Z1 and then PUBG. And then from PUBG, you know, came things like Fortnite, Apex, you know, Ring of Elysium, 
you know, there was uh, so many different companies were trying to get out their battle royale. Even freaking high res wanted to make their paladins battle royale. You know, what yeah, realm royale? <laughs> it was. It started a whole meta of just um battle royale gaming and then cod you know they came out with what was the one in in black ops was it blackout blackout it was blackout and then warzone you know of course hunger games was the original but at at the same time (laughs) at the same time you know it it didn't really kickstart that kind of meta it was oh it was crazy i feel like that meta didn't really stop until like the past couple of years, like obviously there's still such a huge audience for battle royales, but I, I I can kind of tell. I feel like most people can tell that it's kind of starting to die out. Oh yeah, the the age uh, of uh, battle royales is definitely coming to an end now. I think, uh, and we've talked about this. We've mentioned it mm-hmm. before in chats and stuff. I I, I personally think MMOs are going to be coming. MMOs on the rise. Them. Yeah, there, there's going to be a new age of MMOs again, um, which is going to be amazing and magical because growing up on mmos during the period where they were like the in thing and stuff like that it's going to be like being a kid again i think and i think that that's what we need i think you know the reality of it and you know sean sean i think that you know minecraft hunger games does deserve credit for the (laughs) for the battle royale aspect but i think too that with minecraft you know Minecraft is its own subgenre, bro. Like, yeah. like you know what I mean. Like, you don't really see Hunger Games as oh, that was a battle royale, or you know what I mean. You don't, you don't really see like um, the mini game. Like, that's just that's just a part of Minecraft. Like, Minecraft has done so well in just creating like its own little world. Like, yeah. we don't really see those kind of things because it's just that's Minecraft. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we've got all this stuff over here, and Minecraft is just vibing over here, and and you know, and that's why. Um, I feel like people don't really credit it, but um, yeah, I think I think it's time that MMOs finally, or not MMOs. Um, I think it's fine. I think it's time that you know the battle royale genre kind of dies because yeah. you know I think that um, I think that it did a, a big thing, but um, you know, kind of like it, it's it's at a point where <laughs> it's at a point where you know it needs to. <laughs> It needs to move forward. You know, we need we need something new and unique and and, and game changing in the industry. Uh, yeah. Are you eating? Are you eating beef jerky? Which is whipped out the meat stick on stream. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and uh, but but what I was saying too is is like you know, I think that. I think that the problem, and this is, you know, again, the chat, just to, just to com- clarify, for anybody who's new in here, for anybody who has been in here, the opinions and the, and the things that we say on stream are our personal opinions. You don't have to share the opinions with us, but, you know, what we say, no, we don't. And the, <laughs> what we say is completely our opinions, you know, and so my opinion is that one thing that I feel, um, and even with the MMO industry and stuff like that, um is a problem with gaming is how what we said too how copy paste it can be because of success Mm -hmm. factors because of uh, stuff like that because you know i mean look at cod 
dude. COD yeah. gets a new game every year, and it's basically a copy paste of the well, last it's one. Not even just COD. It's, it's, it's FIFA. There's Madden. There's uh, 2K. All no, the I sports know. games are just like copy paste. And I even, mean, when it even comes with to sports, there's only so much you could really do opposed That's to like. True. Yeah. It's just like you can only upgrade graphics and upgrade gameplay. It's always it going to be the same. How large sports games are. Yeah. Like how many people play them. Massive. And, and I think too that, you know, like, you know, like like with the COD thing too, like, mm-hmm. um, one thing that I always think about is that, you know, Ch- Chinese Chinese COD is a giant free to play, uh, platform. It is a giant free to play platform that has pretty much every single thing and more from the previous CODs that have been released in the states, and that's just all on one free to play platform. And we've been asking for something like that from the uh from the states version of COD forever. Like from from the time that we discovered that, you know, that's something that we've been asking for, and and um, you know, it, it works. They gain their money through microtransactions in China and stuff like that, and you know, but the thing is, is everybody gets so comfortable in what brings success. Everybody gets so comfortable in you know the um the battle pass, the the microtransactions, the supply packs, you know, like and all that kind of stuff, and and it gets to a point where. Like, yeah, you're racking in money, but how much are you going to be able to do this until everyone just realizes how repetitive it is? I mean, to a certain degree, every battle royale has aspects that are pretty much the same as the last one. And mm-hmm. and so it gets to a point where, you know, and even in MMOs, I would say, you know, the typical uh, hyper fantasy classes, you know, paladin, archer, all that kind of stuff. Like it gets to a point where, you know. I would say the past two to three years of the gaming industry, possibly even longer, have been really kind of content drought because there is a lot of stuff coming out. But how often do you see something come out and it's streamed for more than a week before it dies? Yeah, it's not very often. You know what I mean? And and it gets and, and, and that's because it's hype for a week. But then people are like, there's you know, it was fun for a week and then we moved on, you know, and and I think that there's something that lacks in all rip spell break yeah but, um... i think there's something that lacks in 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 uniqueness and uh and and being different from uh in games right now i feel like also a big problem is there's so many people that they see something that's too different for them and they just don't give it a shot yeah. you know yeah for example like like ant said spell break that game had such huge potential so... but no one gave it a shot you know no one even like really gave it much of a chance. And, and a lot of people that did, they weren't good at it at the start because it was something new, you know? Mm-hmm. And because they, there's so many people, if they're not good at a game right away, they just turn it off and go back to their old game. Right. You know? It uh, also has to do with uh, what I mentioned earlier, where everyone is just so used to consuming things at the speed of light nowadays in terms of just like media in general. Like life has gotten to be so fast paced that the gaming industry at this point is fast paced because the consumers are expecting the next new thing. You know, it doesn't have to be the best thing. It just has to be new. It just has to be new. It doesn't matter. And that's, that's kind of what has set that in. And then everyone sits here and complains like, you know, Oh, we don't get anything unique or original. Nothing's good. Everything's the same thing. And it's like, well, you guys, like whenever there is something that might be good, you either don't pay attention to it or you get frustrated with the devs because they're taking too long to develop it. And it's mm-hmm. like, good things take time, yeah. you know, and 
if you if you want something fast then go and consume you know what cod new cods coming out go consume yeah you know whatever but like leave like just be patient and then maybe something good would come out you know yeah it's like it's like what miyamoto said you know a delayed game is eventually good but a rushed game is forever bad yeah you know yep it's and people often, you know, forget that mentality. And they're like, when is the release date? When is the release date? When can we get this? Please just give it to me now, you know? And they then after begging for it to release sooner, the devs feel pressured into releasing it and they do in a broken state and then they get pissed when it's broken. Yeah. You know? See, I kind yeah. of feel that way when it comes to like games like say Resident Evil. Cause you know how like whenever they release a game for Resident Evil, there's always a huge lull in between the next game you yeah. know what i mean they're always like taking their time because like say for example like the new resident evils that just came out everyone loves them <laughs> you know what i mean like i personally haven't played it yet i definitely want to but everyone like that i've talked to about it has been like oh you got to play this game it's amazing like every single aspect of it you're gonna love it and like i feel like say games like resident evil 5 and 6 those games they kind of just shoved out because they were just classic run and guns you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that, like that, like people that can't wait for a video game, especially like a good one. I don't know, like. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think I think nowadays is the uh, is is the day and age of just you know not only with gaming but just, and I think this is po- probably a portion of why you know MMOs kind of got shot out into the dark. It's it's the day and age of instant gratification. <laughs> Yeah. you know everything in aspects of everything in life you know there's instant gratification in wanting that you know with with twitch there's people who will who will go on under the most saturated category with the with the expectation that they're gonna get a thousand viewers in in three months like it's nothing yeah. and they're not you know they're not using a cam when you do talk to them you know they're sitting back and they're like hey dude how's it going you know what i mean like and it's it's yeah. not, like there's nothing like crazy but and then they go in and then and they talk bad about the platform of twitch and they talk bad about about what it is because they didn't get that instant gratification that they got that they want and i think with games it transfers to games like um like with mmos how you know with mmos anybody who's played a proper mmo knows that it takes months mm-hmm. to get to that end game point to get to you know that gear grind and and, and the, the top of the line you know like fucking anime character status you know what i mean like and, <laughs> yeah. so, and so you know but nobody and i think that's why mmos fell off is that nobody's willing to put that kind of time into something without yeah. it needing like some kind of like short-term you know like thing that is just like oh yeah i feel good about myself you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. and and so i and, and that sucks because a lot of games have changed their approach to the way that they function achievements and and challenges and stuff like that um to make it easier to attain to keep people interested and that's what i don't like um also jg says he loves Red- resident evil i know jg's been playing resident evil 8 on 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 twitch and that's been really cool um, yeah, um i'll have to check him out i feel like there's a lot of like games and just some mmos that are just shoved out where they're trying to go for longevity in their game but they end up just doing the wrong type of grind you know it's the type of grind where the quests are literally just hey talk to this person kill a bunch of things go talk to that person again and it's just that over and over and over and over and there's not really much of a story other than just hey kill those guys and go talk to that guy because they're trying to go for longevity 
you know that is how i feel about <clears throat> like this new game that came out my friend tried getting me to get mm -hmm. biomutant i'm sure you've heard of yeah. it i've heard he's been telling me to like get it he's been saying like all these good things but then like when i look up reviews it's basically what you just said it's like go to this guy do this go back to that guy do this and it's just kind of the same thing over and over again throughout that game yeah. but that's uh that's also that's also the mmo grind it's 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 a yeah. uh, part of it is charming it, it can get tedious it can get hard to get through and stuff like that mm -hmm. but it's also i mean riley and i would know we've played countless mmos together and it's it's been the same thing you know go do yeah. this go do that turn this in go kill some things blah 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 that's the grind but that's the thing is that once you kind of get past that and you get to the other aspects of the game you know mm -hmm. that that's what makes it like worth it that's that's yeah. the content you want that's like you know it it's gonna come with it's gonna come with any mmo like it's yeah. just that that's just part of the genre of the game and that's fine i personally honestly i i know you guys don't really like it but i'm okay with the repetitiveness just because like later on like it's worth it Mm -hmm. to me um, um i think maybe that's just because i grew up on them and really quick jg says people definitely need to focus on twitch and creating a unique atmosphere it's not as easy as just turning on a cam or turning on your stream it takes a lot of work to gain traction and time spent on on twitch uh, uh off stream evolving it's just as important as performance on stream exactly and a, uh, job. a lot of people don't realize that and, uh, and you know and, and even as somebody and, and i'm not afraid to admit this because i've made my mistakes of this platform and you know and, and I'm, I'm approaching it with a lot better you know with a lot better um energy but mm -hmm. you know when i first started on twitch i made the mistake of that like as soon as i hit affiliate um i wanted to just i i was constantly wanting to stream and so i was streaming for eight hours a day and at a certain point you know yeah of course you know it's possible to grow to grow off of that and stuff like that but at a certain point you hit this line where you're just kind of like like it's too much especially as somebody who isn't getting money from this and who isn't you know what i mean and uh, like growing at such a rapid pace you know it's hard to spend all that time um like putting all that time into twitch mm -hmm. you know before you're ready to you know and and I mean, so I, I mean i don't know if any of that made sense but it, it does like, uh it's a lot oh, of work it's it's a lot of work you need to work on actually you know being entertaining but also i feel like there's a lot of luck involved you know because I know so many entertaining people on this platform that have, like, no recognition, you know? Yeah, and that's um, fair. There's definitely a lot of people who have kind of been drawn into the background with things. Yeah. I mean, I've seen um, I've seen partnered people who have put less work into their stream and put, like, not so much less work. Because, you know, work comes with time, and, and there's a lot of different things that, that affect work and, you know, what you see as a work. But, you know, there's some partnered streamers who do less than people who only have you know 500 600 followers and you know they they've developed you know a, an entire world behind their stream you know they've developed this this interconnection like this close relationship with each one of their viewers you know what i mean and like there's and and it's hard so i i do kind of agree that it is luck um but i think a lot of twitch comes with time too yeah you know so it comes with time and connections um back when i was streaming consistently and stuff like that the reason why i got the viewers that i did i didn't even have cam 90 percent of the time 
um, I got the views that I did because of the connections that I made. I, I met people who streamed and I integrated myself into their communities and their communities became my mm -hmm. communities. And, you know, my community grew from there as well. You know, I, I, I gained traction and I hit affiliate uh, pretty fast, literally just because I, I knew people. Mm -hmm. I, you right. know, and I, I helped them with their streams. I, I had fun in their streams and, you know, a lot of it has, to, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they don't want to make that everyone's so scared of human interaction and stuff like that nowadays that it's like, when you say like, oh, how do you grow? Like make friends, go yep. connect with other streamers. Like that's, that's literally, you know, join stream no, teams. This is how it works. Like people don't get that. And then they yeah. go, you know, why, why aren't I growing? And it's like, you're not putting the effort in. You're not trying to make friends. Yeah. You're not, you know, you're not making entertaining content. Like it, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think- like, Sorry, go ahead, Jojo. Networking. Like when, I, when, when I lived in the UK, when I was streaming back then, I almost did affiliate within like two or three months um, because I was networking the shit out of my stream. Um, I even like joined a stream team, you know, it was a community stream team. I got raided by that stream team, you know, it was, uh, there was a lot of uh, connecting and uh, in, uh I can't think of um, networking involved um and I, I feel like a lot of people forget how important that is and there's so many people that expect things to just happen on their own yeah and i think too the other side of that too is you know people do have their excuses of you know, not excuses but you know there are people who genuinely are afraid of of human interaction and i think that oh, yeah. you know if if you are too scared to go do that kind of thing the key is right and this is, I mean, again, my personal opinion, but if you don't want to network and you, because you're too anxious about it, and if you don't want to go meet others or take your time out of your day, if you're too busy, whatever it is, the reality of it is, if you choose not to do that, then you need to lower your expectations for this mm -hmm. platform because you will gain traction. And I think that anybody, no matter what they're doing and no matter how they're doing it, given enough time will gain traction. I think that anybody has a place on this platform as long as you know you're TOS friendly and you know and I think that anybody can grow can grow a uh, it can grow a community but I think under certain circumstances and how you're approaching it you should definitely change your expectations like if you're going to be streaming Call of Duty if you're going to be streaming Warzone the most you know saturated games on the platform and you're not going to network go into it with a mindset of like i know how saturated this game is but because i enjoy it and i love what i'm doing i love what i'm playing i'm just going to take it as it comes you know what i mean and i and i think that a lot of people don't change their mindset and they expect growth all the time yeah you know what i mean and i think that's where a lot of people tend to get discouraged and fail on twitch mm -hmm. because you know they they go five months streaming to two to three people and not growing very much under a saturated category. But realistically, you know what I mean? They, they're expecting way too much of what they're doing. Yeah. I feel like people also forget, not even just like certain games, they forget how saturated this entire platform is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. There are like... There's 11 oh, million people on yeah, this platform. There's so many people on this platform and so many of them trying to get their start in streaming. I mean, put no. this in perspective right now. Shroud has 135,000 viewers. Yeah. That, and he's only watching the VCTs. Valorant has half of that. 
Like yeah. the actual Valorant channel is half of those viewers. Yeah. yeah. It's so saturated. You know, and and, really and something that um the person that I edit for Viper and and JG, they do um they do like post stream conversations. Like after their streams, they always sit in a Discord and they always talk to each other about streams and stuff like that. And something that kind of dawned upon me that they were talking about when I was sitting in there with them was, you know, the if you have an average of five or more concurrent viewers on your channel, uh, you can you can check yeah you can check a uh, the website called Twitch Track Tracker. Um, if you have a concurrent viewership of five or more, you're in the top like five percent of streamers on Twitch. There is millions of millions upon millions of people who are just streaming to like two to three people. So. Mm -hmm having a concurrent you know average of five to ten is massive you know what i mean yeah. like I, I went and looked at my channel and you know and i was up in like the top like five percent of streamers and and it kind of makes you like it kind of makes you like gain some confidence so you're like you know what i mean like like that's you know i feel i feel like I, what i'm doing is actually paying off when you when you look at it like that to put this in perspective currently there are like 9.3 million active streaming like streaming channels 9.3 million active channels of which 150,000 are affiliates and 27,000 are partnered right like that's a such a small percentage yeah definitely <sighs> but but yeah um also i've been kind of like not reading chat because we kind of got into our own little thing about twitch um but sean is talking about when i think when i'm thinking about uh why mmos can be boring i think i'm realizing if a game is too easy it loses your focus definitely agree with that and i think earlier he said mmos can be hard for people like myself who think negative thoughts if they aren't distracted by a game yeah, yeah. um and then jg also just said um, also, never let the numbers discourage you. Always turn them off when you can. It's way too much of a mood changer, and any new viewer will notice and move on. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that too. I think, I think that you know, uh, when I came back to streaming as Eden, um, I started turning off my viewer count. I switched over to OBS Live, and I turned off the the setting that basically turns off the viewer count like all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think then. Um, it becomes kind of more, uh, what's the word exciting, I guess it, it becomes energizing just to know that there's someone in your chat, just to mm -hmm. know that, you know, this person is taking time out of their day, out of the things that they could be doing, you know, playing games and, and you know, whatever else they could be doing to be in your chat and to spend time with you. And I think that a lot of people like don't realize that is, you know, the viewers isn't just a number the viewers are people <laughs> you know what i mean these are people who are setting that time aside to hang out with you and i think that people need to uh and this is something that i'm guilty of too um you know people I, I just recently changed my mindset but you know people need to see it as people and not just a number you know what i mean and like yeah. these are people who are are genuinely caring of what you're doing and and want to be a part of it and that's why they're taking the time out of their day and that's a huge thing whether it's two people or a thousand that's mm -hmm. two or a thousand people who are choosing to spend their time with you so you know what i mean yeah. I, so i mean real people the, behind the screen that's yeah. that's the thing it's it's just like to be honest streaming is just as much of a job as anything else you have to put the time and the work in but here's the thing is that you need to love it to do it 
You yeah. need to be yeah. streaming for yourself, not the numbers, not the money. You need to be loving what you're doing. Otherwise, it's going to come across to your viewers that you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as, you know, going to school for a passion like art or going to school for a passion like game design, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. It, it, if it's a passion, you should treat it as one, not as yeah. a job. It, it needs to not become a career, you know. Don't put yourself in that mindset that, you know, you have to do this, you have to meet these quotas, you have to, it just, all it does is kill it and then you're just miserable doing it. You know, right. you need to, you need to maintain your passion and you need to do the things that make you happy because it's your stream anyway. And if anybody doesn't like the way you run your stream, they don't have to watch, mm -hmm. but there's going to be, you know, another handful of people out there that are going to love your content. And, and to get, it's 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 genuine to get into that too like you know they a lot of people don't realize that there is a target audience for everything you know what i mean mm -hmm. there are people who you know don't want to you know if i'm if i'm on cod and i'm screaming every time i die and i'm you know yelling you know shitty things at people like you know calling their mom <laughs> fat and stuff like that you know what i mean like yeah. there's people who will come in and be like ew i don't want that and they'll leave but there's I mean, also people who will come in and laugh at that. You know what I mean? And yeah, so like, there's like, a target audience for it, for that, for, for hot yeah. tub streaming and a lot of people for everything. There's a target yeah. audience for everything. So, you know what I mean? Look at Tim the Tat, man. His entire, his entire stream kicked off because of his rage, you know? Yeah. Oh my like, God, Timmy. <laughs> he, he's like one of the, like purest balls of rage on Twitch. And I love it. He's so like, he's such a nice guy. But his his rage is hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I definitely uh, what's no. it called? Seeing the clips of him, you know, around that circulated around before I really started watching of him just screaming at things and stuff yeah. like that. That's what I was like. Okay, I need to catch a stream. And mm. he's easily still one of my favorite streamers. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I think I think that's another thing too is that. Um, one thing that I really hate about Twitch is that, you know, and in the past, like I said, I've made my mistakes and, and I've seen Twitch, the Twitch platform as, you know, as, as a, um, you know, as, as a bad, in a bad light. But I think what other people don't, what other people don't realize too, is that, you know, streaming isn't a competition. Yeah. There's a million other streamers. There's millions of other streamers, you know, um, streaming at the same time that you are but how is it any different from what you're doing you know what i mean like and, and the way that they can see you i mean that people need to realize that you know instead of always thinking of, of it in as a competition and getting mad when other people are, are are growing and getting mad at other people's success like i think that other people need to know that you know we can all i think streamers can do better together you know what i mean and realistically I know all three of you guys have streamed or are are thinking about streaming. You know what I mean? And so even in this in this like light, you know what I mean? Like we're all gathered together, hanging out, having a good time. This is, you know, not to bring attention to it, but you know, this is kind of showing light on your guy, you guys too as well as me, you know what I mean? And so like people need to realize that it's 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 not just a competitive platform. You know what I mean? It's it's something that we can all enjoy and be a part of together instead of always just be like, oh, this guy, you know, got a thousand more followers than I do so fast. And it's like, OK, it everybody a, grows at their own pace. 
social media site it is meant for networking it is literally meant to to broadcast to people and to meet people and have fun and stuff like that but everyone has turned it into a very competitive scene and you know what streaming isn't for everybody personally i can't really handle stream i try my best to because it's a lot of fun when i can handle it but it's a lot of freaking work so i prefer you know there are ways that you can get involved in streaming without being a streamer you can be an artist you can be an editor you know and so that's kind of how i indulge in the whole streaming aspect of things is i do art for twitch streamers you know and it's a lot of fun because it's like it's like helping them helping them grow and it feels good and it's like you know it gives me that gratification that streaming would if i could stream consistently mm-hmm. um just you know it's just i'm kind of living vicariously through my clients <laughs> yeah and as and i can i can also double down on that because as somebody who is a hired editor now and who's kind of shifted more from wanting to put all my time into streaming to because you know streaming streaming if you don't take it right streaming can be a very toxic thing not only just just from other people but from yourself if you're not growing at the pace that you want to it can be very toxic and and for your mental health and stuff like that and i think as a third third party thing you know doing editing now um it's really cool to kind of be a streamer or be a part of content creation without being the content creator and seeing the reaction that you get from from the people in comments and and seeing the reaction of people when you release a new video with somebody you know it's 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 an awesome feeling and it's less toxic you know what i mean it's less like when you take away that aspect of you know um judgment and and you know being your biggest critic like that is it makes twitch a hell of a lot more enjoyable i think i get a i get like this rush of happiness every time i'm like in one of my clients stream or something like that and then somebody in chat is like oh my god like your your channel art or your emotes are so cute who did them and they're like oh yeah this is my artist they're really cool go check them out kind of thing and it's like it's like oh that's yeah. good that i did that smile <laughs> happy <laughs> yeah for sure um I think we kind of got into the, <laughs> the whole Twitch yeah. thing. That was uh, a bit of a tangent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but to kind of shift back towards um, what we were talking about with MMOs, at least, I mean, does anybody have anything else to put in as far as Switch goes? No. Okay. Well, to shift back into like the MMO aspect of things, I know we were kind of talking about how, you know, it, it can get kind of repetitive um, and it kind of feels like the quests, you know, are similar, you know, run to, run to this guy, run to that guy and do the same thing over and over again, go kill 10 of these things kind of thing. And like, I think that that's definitely part of the MMO, but I kind of disagreed with what Nis was saying because there is a way to approach it so that it feels fresh each time. You know, and like with a game, I think that we really just need a game developer that's willing to put that kind of time and effort into their game because I've been playing through The Witcher 3 and most of you know that. And so, you know, even the side quests in that game, no matter how small they are, no matter how fast they are, they feel like they're revel- they're, they're relevant in the story. And, you know, and, and there's a way to do it so that there's there's um, there's, you know, f- fresh, there's freshness in, in each and each aspect of the game but you need to put the time in to do that it's not an easy thing to develop a game that does that you know what i mean and there's very little games that i can name even personally that feel like that um i would say that 
the MMO uh, Elder Scrolls Online. I I don't know who's 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 all played all that, but you know I I put a, a good amount of hours in that game. I mean, you know, I never got end game and stuff like that, but in that game, you know, um, it was like it was like each side quest that brought you into doing different things. You know, that was also like you like there was one side quest. There was one side quest like storyline kind of thing. It was like its own little storyline, and it took me f like four or five hours to complete. <laughs> But it was like I I suddenly was just like the uh, the underground assassin for this queen who or like underground like security for this queen who was gonna get assassinated and all this kind of stuff and like you had to go and like do this murder investigation and like find the guild that was like trying to kill the queen and like interrogate them and stuff like that and, like less side quests that mean more can be more you know what I mean like take out all the side quests that's just like go retrieve a you know a, a, a felt from something you know what i mean and like and like bring it back instead of doing that make like a side storyline that means more and is more entertaining to be a part of yeah. you know so i don't, I don't know um yeah. yeah sean is saying eso is very cool and unique which i definitely agree with yeah currently i just have all my eggs in in bamco's basket <laughs> Right yeah <laughs> blue protocol uh man vp i can't wait for it to come out honestly it's it's gonna be i feel like uh because of how popular anime is now and like like not even just like like in general like even people who don't really watch lots of it enjoy the aesthetic of it you know yeah it's uh because of that i think it's gonna blow up to be honest and i think it's gonna set mmos back into into motion hopefully i really hope so um along with a lot of the other you know stuff that is going to be coming out and stuff yeah and 2d cloud will reign supreme true <laughs> so one, the one thing i want to ask too is i mean out of all of us i would say jojo jojo myself and and, and this are more catered to the mmo aspect you know like we're we're the most like I guess well well written and, and stuff in mmos but like what i want to know is like like drew from someone like you who enjoys fast-paced fps and enjoys fast-paced gaming and and you know stuff like that what what is it that you would look for in that category of games that would keep you entertained because i know you were the one who was kind of saying like it can feel kind of repetitive and like well, like what do you what do you look for so you're talking in terms of like mmos right yeah <clears throat> Well, see, like, in terms of MMO, I'd say, like, believe it or not, like, this is going to sound really, really weird, but, like, I feel like Genshin, believe it or not, has, like, it may be repetitive, but it also has, like, a system of side quests where things don't feel so repetitive because they're just constantly updating the game. Like, they're, they're not even close to being done with the game at this point. Right. And I already know, like, as, like, the game still goes on, they're going to put more stuff into it, new side quests, while other games, like, say... I don't know, I can't really think of one at the moment off the top of my head. But like I know there definitely are games where like you'll pay like a full $60 price and they won't do any updates to the game. They won't further it any more than it is. They'll be like, oh, this is a finished game. We don't have to do anything else. Right. You know what I mean? But like but as a, as like um as like somebody who says like 
the quest can feel repetitive even if they are updating the game and adding to it like what is it that you're looking for in like a quest itself or like the side quest the contents of the game that make it feel like it's not repetitive that make you feel like you can sit there and actually play the game for a duration of time see it's like what you were saying before how like if there's more story element to like that side quest you know what i mean because like in the sense of say fallout for example like those quests for sure can be very repetitive but every time you're doing a quest there's a backstory to it there's a reason as to why like you're doing this like when you get to there you're like you're not sometimes you're not going out guns blazing you're doing like dialogue options seeing if you could like convince someone to change their ways or just you know something along those lines to where like it actually relates to the story or backstory of that side quest right well like other games it'll like say star wars the old republic yeah <laughs> I, that, that was like one mmo i actually like put a lot of time into and all of those side quests were very like they had story elements to it but for the most part it was basically like the same thing of like just go here do this talk to this person choose if they live or die yeah and i think that i think the reality of it too is that um we need to shift the way that we make our games function because once again not only are we in the age of instant gratification but we're also in the in the in the age of you know short attention span like yeah. our biggest platform is tiktok like these are people who spend hours on the platform literally watching 30 to 60 second videos sometimes even shorter than that and they'll even scroll past those because they're too long for them you know what i mean and I think one thing that really helps with that is to delete, not delete, but but kind of lessen the amount of text-based uh, MMO storytelling. Because when somebody has to read, and I've even been somebody to do this, somebody has to read through an entire dialogue to get through to the next part of the quest, not many people are going to want to do that. There's going to be a lot of people who just click right through it, who don't know what the hell's going on, and then now they're just running around aimlessly doing their quests and they have no idea or grasp on the story so it kind of lessens the impact of the game i think mm -hmm. that with the game with the, you know one thing that i instantly noticed about the witcher literally everything has a voice you can talk mm -hmm. to a cat and it'll just meow at you you can talk to a random person on the street and they'll have a little voice on you. like yeah it'll repeat but there's that little aspect that just makes it like wow i'm in this world it's immersive it's you know what i mean and so um i've never read dialogue in my entire life and i so i think you know i think instead of doing so much text based um we need to kind of cater more to a cinematic or at least a voice acted experience that can keep people connected and close with the story and the experience itself unfortunately in game developing especially with mmos and stuff like that um a lot of the budget you know, they sacrifice voice acting as yeah. one of the main things when it comes to games. Yeah. And that's really sad because it, it can make it really immersive. It can make it more, you know, it can grasp your attention because, oh, this person's talking to me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But unfortunately, it's always one of the first things to be cut in the budget. Mm -hmm. um, and like Drew was saying, I don't play anymore. I quit because I'm reformed. But um, Genshin Impact, like I have a lot of respect for the devs of that game just uh the time that they've put into the quests and the stories and uh the lore in everything is actually insane yeah. you know um so i yeah <laughs> yeah like going back to my overexcitedness about blue protocol i know i talk about it way too much but like even the freaking your character is voiced in that game 
your character is voiced and i think that's insane because that rarely happens and if mm-hmm. it does it's like male voice female voice and that's it mm-hmm. yeah you know they have like multiple different voices for for just the main character right. and i think that's a big deal because it's showing that they they care about you being immersed in this world exactly because you know one thing and i've even you know and and this is something that like um that i kind of approach mmos with too is it's kind of a release you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's an entirely different world that you're a part of genshin impact yeah. is an entirely different world that you're a part of it's something to immerse yourself in and it's kind of like a secondary form of life for some people especially you know with a game like eso with a game like final fantasy 14 online you know this is your character you're living in this world among a bunch of other players among a bunch of you know npcs and you know you can buy housing and stuff like that and and i think that mmos need to realize how much quality of life really means to people and i mean there's people on final fantasy 14 that i mean including myself who will pay for for somebody to sell them their in-game house like pay real currency for somebody to send them or to, to sell them their house in game just for quality of life but we definitely don't do that because it's against dos for screenings <laughs> but you know what i mean <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so i think that um I think that that's one thing too, and and that's why like when Jojo was telling me some news about uh, about Blue Protocol, like showing um you know that like for the first time there's actually a an active emote that you can do with another player where you're literally holding hands and it, yeah. and you can move around and do things with that and, and you know <laughs> hand and so it's cool because it's a quality of life aspect and that makes you wonder like how deep the marriage system the romance system will be and, and stuff like that and I think that you know. I think quality of life is what will what lacks NMMOs that will bring it back to how big they were before. Um Yeah. Man. It's like BP is, is is going to release like the new version of putting your Minecraft beds together. Do yeah. you wanna hold hands and BP with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um sean says reading quest text is like reading a job description so you can get a job killing crabs exactly exactly and you know so it kind of yeah i don't know and i i think that that's what really lacks in and and mmos right now is is the quality of life aspect that we don't really have yeah uh i mean i mean riley and i spent what like a year basically living on final fantasy together with with our guild and stuff like that we were always on that was that was a crazy time i mean one of our best friends comes from final fantasy yeah yeah of course yeah i still i talked to him the other day yeah Yeah. and i i feel like a lot of people when looking at video games look way way too much into graphics and like to a certain extent yeah graphics are important they are but i in my personal opinion how the game plays and how it feels is so much more important um, and I feel like because of how much people have said graphics are the most important part, I feel like games have shifted from putting all their time into how the game plays and how it feels into how good the game looks. I, I, I mean, I kind of agree with that, but I don't at the same time. I'm, I'm, my, my thing mostly comes from, um, like, as far as competitive games go and shooters and stuff like that, like story-based games, I'm not too worried about it. But yeah. um, the reality of it is, is that... Um, with an MMO, like how how much time 
you are looking to put into an MMO, I want to be happy with what I'm looking at. You know what that's I mean? True. I want to be happy yeah, with the, with how my character looks. You know, I, one thing that I've always vouched for is each piece of armor at least having a different color when you put it on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like yeah. those are things that I personally, as somebody who does kind of worry about graphics in the MMO category, I prefer because this is a game of like Final Fantasy, for instance. I put four thousand mm-hmm. hours into that game. I'm pretty yeah. sure that if I if I if I wasn't happy with how it looked and the way that it functioned and like being happy with how my character looks and all that kind of stuff, I probably wouldn't have put that much time into it realistically. Yeah. With so. uh, with certain games, I think it's, it's definitely true, but with MMOs, mm-hmm. that's completely different because MMOs become, they can become like a second life that you yeah. log into and you can escape, you know, your, your life for a little bit to go into this second world and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know in real life you want to you want to look dapper you want to look fucking sick because you know and it's you and then it's the same concept in mmos like you want your character to look really cool because it's you yeah and yeah i agree and that's that's something that i uh that's something that i i can remember it's not just something that's new i mean even with older graphics back then um one of the mmos that you know i i originally started on that ashlyn has been a part of too was was, uh, dream of mirror online and that shit was nuts you know oh it wasn't God. it wasn't the craziest you know it wasn't it wasn't insane but i remember like one of the biggest things that i was proud of was i literally had like a seven foot long sword on my character and i was like yeah i look like a badass you know what i mean like, you know, I, like i'm feeling yeah. good about it you know what i mean and so like yeah. it's not just it's not just like now with the graphics thing it's always been a thing at least for me yeah. that i can remember no, i feel that well especially with mmos i have to agree in terms of mmos like as a whole yeah mmos but like i feel like if you you're you're right 100 percent. like looking back i feel like mmos have always been like even playing old mmos you're like damn this game looks good for its time like look at mabinogi mabinogi came out in freaking 2004 God, I remember that game. I would, <laughs> that even, game I would even argue. Uh, I would even argue that you know, Maple Story looks pretty good for the time that it came out in. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It. I it did. Does. I mean, we've been playing it a little bit here and there recently. So yeah, it definitely does. We were talking about that a little bit. Yeah. I'm so sad they shut down Maple Story too. I wish they would have put more into it. I really did. Yeah. I feel like it would have been a good game if they would have just put more into it. Like me and like my old Overwatch team, we used to all hop on Maple Story 2. Like as soon as like the quarantine started, that was all we played was Maple Story 2. <laughs> and then mid quarantine, they were just like, you know what? We're shutting these servers down. And I'm like, yeah. and they don't have private <laughs> servers for it anymore. I think nope. they do around. But, like Gosh. I'm sure like there's some like people like doing it privately, right? There has to be. There I'm has not sure. to be only because uh, I I would be really surprised if not, because there was one of my actually no my very first MMO that I ever played was Wonderland Online and it was this eight bit MMO, and it shut down back in 2018 I think and there's still private servers running for it, oh. and I played I played Wonderland Online when I was like 12 11 or 12. But I remember watching you play. I remember watching you play Wonderland Online and and just being confused because it was literally just a talking simulator. But now Pretty I kind of, yeah, but now I kind of understand. I kind of understand like why, it, like, why it, like you know, why it was attractive for you to be a part of that and stuff like that. But I remember, I remember being there, and I think I was what like seven, eight. 
being like yeah, you're just you're just sitting on the computer talking to people <laughs> so it was fun though it was it was a social mmo i made friends you know and then uh and then domo came along and then that was when things became more of like it was a grind but it was also a social aspect to the game and stuff like that domo was so much fun yeah. i loved that game I still yeah, think about so, like the people that I played with back then. Just wondering if they're like if they're chilling still. How they're how they're vibing, yeah. yeah. I think about that all the time. With a lot of the uh the friends that I had made on on MMOs and stuff like that, I, I think about them a lot and just like I hope you guys are doing well. Tori Bash. That's how I feel about like all my Tori homies Bash. like that I played Halo with back in the day on 360 Live. <laughs> they logged off one day and never came back. Stop, it hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I sometimes like wish I could get into my old Skype account because I can't anymore. I don't remember login. Uh, Skype. But, yeah, because like there were so many friends like I had on Skype, but like, cause Skype was huge. You know, that was like the way of talking to your friends back then. For me, it was and, Kick. Like, Mine was Kick and Skype, both of those. Yeah. But, like man, Skype was nuts. Do you remember sitting? You don't remember sitting, or were you there, right? You were there sometimes, but back when we played Eden with that whole guild and stuff like that, there was all kinds of Skype calls that were always going on between everybody. No, so, I was I was really young during Eden, during Eden Eternal, and like I had my friends and stuff like that, but I was always like I wasn't really. Ah, ah, what was I? Thirteen, thirteen to fifteen, something in between yeah. that, and so. I feel like I was kind of left out of all the all of the chats because you know what's a thirteen year old gonna put into a conversation? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and on top of that, everyone in the guild at that time was either around my age or older, so you're playing with a bunch of older kids <laughs> that probably did, they they felt probably like uncomfortable bringing a thirteen year old into a chat where we're having mature conversation and stuff like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing of that too is like you know a lot of people, a lot of people, you know don't want to see it but you know mmos like i said are kind of secondary life there's a lot of you know there's a lot of possibility for romance i mean sunny and i even got together through final fantasy so you know what i mean so like you know that kind of thing is like you know you don't want to bring a 13 year old in, in, into a chat where you're trying to you know get in yeah. someone's dms that's not a <laughs> true it's also just not um What's it called? There's a lot of people, especially online, who are uncomfortable with bringing kids like around. Like they like there's a lot of adults online that are just not comfortable with bringing like minors in general or like really yeah. really young kids around. And in, in in any instance, like it's just like really uncomfortable for them. Whereas you know you have people like Riley, you know, who is like he vibes with freaking Anthony. Well, okay, so here's the thing, and, and I, I think I've talked. But you maintain boundaries. Uh, yeah, I've talked. I've talked to Ant about this before, um, but when it comes to stuff like that, and this is kind of off topic, but um, you know, Ant, Ant is above the age of TOS on Twitch. Like he's allowed to be on this platform. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is you know, and it's really important for me, especially you know now and stuff like that, that I create a good relationship with the people that hang out on my stream because I I want to have a good relationship, good friendship with these people. At first, I will admit. That there were times where I was like Monka S, you know, I, like I'm 19 years old talking to talking to somebody who's uh, who's, you know, below the age. age. And it's not that I'm it's not that I'm gonna I'm gonna you know do anything wrong, but there is a certain like 
like fear of like if i do get into an argument with this person or if i do say something that can slightly come off wrong it's scary you know what i mean because this isn't this isn't messing around anymore this is you know i'm a 19 year old if something comes off wrong i will literally go to jail <laughs> you know what i mean and so that's True. that's what's scary not that i would ever say anything but there is a fear it wasn't until aunt's like parents and family started getting more like warmed up to me and the idea of <laughs> being the and the idea of like having me around and stuff like that and like they knew who i was and knew they could trust me that i was like all right well now i can like really start being like close friends with this person with aunt mm -hmm. because their family knows that i'm not a weirdo you know what i mean yeah. but up until that point it was scary at points and i you know it's, and i've told him that it's perfectly like it is absolutely possible to be friends with a younger kid as long as you know how to maintain the correct boundaries <laughs> i mean like look at me and ash like ash was 20 when i met her and I was yeah, I was six. I was fifteen, turning sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're well, best you're friends. my age, Jojo. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, and we're best friends. And we, I mean, I don't think I've ever done anything that made you vastly uncomfortable, uh... like or made you feel <laughs> super violated. I don't think so. Not I tried my best not to because I knew that you guys were. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, but it's legal now so it's fine yeah, it's legal now it's fine, but... um yeah but anyways yeah when i i was 13 when i came along here but at the same time that was like 10 months ago i mean realistically even even so and like even so like 13 is the minimum age for twitch mm -hmm. So it's not like I can, I can be like get the fuck out of my stream like you know what I mean like like you're not allowed to be here you know so um even then you know but there is always a fear as an adult talking to somebody who's underage whether it's somebody who's 17 turning 18 or whether it's somebody who's you know even younger than that there's always a fear because you know it's not something you mess around with right now and there are and especially in the age of cancel culture it's scary. You one you do one thing wrong, or you do something that something somebody disagrees with, and next thing you know, you're waking up to a thousand different Twitter messages about how trashy you are and trying to deplatform you. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and that kind of thing is scary. It's definitely it's definitely scary. Some people do deserve to be deplatformed for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with cancel culture. It's really really dumb. No. Uh, but yeah, I I mean I. I have fears with talking to younger people on the internet and stuff, especially with having, you know, a little sister that is around Anthony's age that, you know, I'm very close with and stuff like that. It's, it's scary because I, I have her in mind and I'm like, you know, I would, I keep in mind like stuff that I would never say around her. You never want to say right. that around any other kid. You know what I mean? Because you, you also put in mind like, oh God, like, <laughs> Shut up, Sean. <laughs> I, I, like, I... I think about, like, you know, if this... Like, I... Okay, this was really sketchy. I was on Animal Crossing Twitter for a little while, and, oh. like, I started to grow and stuff like that. And there was, a, you know, there was a lot of little kids that followed me, you know, yeah. around Lily's age and stuff. And, um... And I was okay with it. I, you know, I let them know that my platform on that Twitter was pretty family friendly and I didn't, you know, really do anything weird or anything like that. And that I was okay with minors following me, but to keep, you know, boundaries, like yeah. keep safe boundaries, protect yourself, protect myself kind of thing. And uh, I had this 
somebody who was under the age of Twitter TOS. Twitter TOS is, is also is also 13, and this was a 12-year-old, I believe, 11 or 12. And she messages me and is like, "Hey, I'm I, I'm really young. You're like a decade older than me, but I'd really like if we could be friends." And I'm like, "Yeah, of course. You know, just maintain boundaries and stuff." And then she let us let me know that she was under the age of TOS and that she was okay with explicit jokes with me and I was like nope we are not doing Yikes. that and yeah so I I had to report her to Twitter and I had to release a statement and be like like if you guys are following me and you are you know either under the age of TOS or if you're a minor do not come into my DMs telling me this I don't want to know that you know, I don't want to have that kind of relationship with you. And on top of that, it's dangerous as hell. You have no idea who I am. Yeah. If it would have been anybody else, you could have been in huge amounts of danger. You know what I mean? Oh, it was really... <laughs> and I think that's what's really important, too, is like... And I know we kind of are like going way off topic here and stuff, but I think it's fine. I think okay. it's fine. Um, but, I I, but like, <laughs> I think that's what's really important, too, is... As somebody who, is, you know, if you are comfortable with developing a, a friendship with somebody who is under the age and stuff like that, and like, you know, um, like under like, you know, adult age and stuff like that, I think that, um, you know, you've now taken it upon yourself to be a good role model for this person. You know what I mean? And I would say in the time that, um, that I've known Ant, he's become a close friend to me, and I would see him kind of closer to a little brother than anything. And realistically, it's like now. I take it upon myself to give him advice, to give him some insight that I know, and to make sure that things are all right with him. You know what I mean? Like, this is somebody, because the internet can be a very dangerous place. In some forms, the internet can be even more dangerous than, you know, in, in real life. And to that degree, you know, you you if you're going to accept that kind of friendship in your life, you also need to realize that, you know... You don't need to establish or you don't need to always identify and bring light on you know the age difference and stuff like that and you don't need to make them feel like a child but realistically they are much younger than you and you've now taken it upon yourself to take care of this person you're a role model for this person you know what i mean oh no does that mean that i have another little brother if he's your brother doesn't that make him my brother ew i don't want another sibling but if i'm have to brother. deal with jojo <laughs> Yeah, if you're my brother, then you're my brother's brother, which means that you need to stop hitting on him. <laughs> <laughs> right, we were gonna hold hands in blue protocol, okay? Wait, are you hitting on my man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why Riley got a harem? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but in all seriousness, I genuinely think Twitter needs to rage their uh, rage raise their their tos age absolutely yeah. um, there's literal porn on the platform yeah honestly at the very least i think it should be 16 yeah you know because at least like in the uk and like in a lot of europe 16 is the age of consent um so i i don't know i just think 13 is so young like they don't need to be witnessing a lot of the stuff that's on on twitter and they're I... so easily manipulated or influenced you know and i agree really with the are. with the nsfw stuff like definitely raised tos yeah. patterns but the other thing that you know <laughs> the other thing that you know i feel like people don't address too and i'm not gonna get too into this or anything but 
you know a lot of what people don't address is like the protective mom standpoint you know they're not like oh he's innocent he's not doing anything bro 13 14 you're starting to gain curiosities you know what i mean whether or not you ban them there's gonna be, be, be kids who are online lying about their age anyways who are trying to go see it you might as well yep. create a comfortable environment where you establish that you know that it's happening just be safe with it you know what i mean like it, it's it's really important to establish that kind of environment for them because they're gonna do it anyways so at least make sure that they're safe while doing it you know what i mean like yeah. I mean, that's my personal opinion but you know if, if they're gonna do it anyways at least make sure they're okay doing it and not doing something yeah. that's gonna get them in danger you know don't shelter the kid let them let them be curious let them explore but keep it at a, in a way that is safe for yeah. everybody and make sure that your child is okay you know what i mean right. like yeah. uh, my, my, my our parents sheltered the crap out of me growing up and i was i was a very very bad kid at the age of 13. <laughs> and that's what happens you know if you establish if you establish you know and understanding i know you're gonna do what you're gonna do you're growing up you know you're 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 gonna be curious about things you're gonna you know have your whether it's you know about you know not safe from work or about drugs or you know whatever whatever else it is yeah. establish that you know that curiosity is there and at least you know what i mean at least like create a safe environment for them that's to right honest, anthony heck drugs, heck drugs. I, i'd don't much do drugs. rather we don't condone have that. My, i'd much rather have my child watching porn <laughs> than going out doing drugs yeah honestly yeah, yeah. Uh, I would much rather if I if if ever uh, a porn addiction is a lot less worse than a drug addiction. <laughs> yeah. I mean I have a porn addiction. <laughs> Are you gonna feed yourself and if so try to wait until after the uh after the podcast if possible. Um but yeah. What the point? Um, These that are you gonna feed yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm three. I'm thirty thousand away from being able to feed myself. Oh, I'm six thousand so away. Until right. I literally I'm lost four. all of my points. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, welcome back, JG. Oh, uh oh, everyone turn off cams. We're out. <laughs> stream ending. <laughs> uh, I don't. I I've never seen pornography. <laughs> I have never stolen channel points before. What is this female anatomy you speak of? <laughs> what is the vagina? Unga <laughs> bunga. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, basically uh, gave me 15k points. Facts. He, did. he gave me 20k. <laughs> I thought you guys found my searches. <laughs> That's why you use Y'all don't know what incognito out. is? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Junior's a professional. <laughs> Junior's got a whole like underground thing going on every time he He's got like he's got like bookmark incognito tabs and shit. <laughs> Bro, like, he has a tour browser think... just for his porn. Mm-hmm. As I stare at my tour browser. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on just a second. Uh, I'm gonna turn my camera off for just a minute here. Oh. Speak! Oh, no. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna take my, my sweater off real quick. Oh, nice. Oh, oh heck. Uh, Alright, you guys, you're making a weird come on. I'm sorry. How did you get from you? Your guys' brother, too, because you guys are brothers to me. 
so wait, wait. For like right. 10 years, Jojo, you and I are best friends. Like, what are you so doing, step bro? If, if we're <laughs> wait, that is that what Riley says to me? What, what Jojo just said, yeah. No, that's what I said to Riley. Yeah, Riley's the one that gets stuck in the dryer. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I didn't sign up for this. I mean, you're right. You didn't sign up for this. You were, you were born into it. <laughs> born into a harem. Well, this, bad. Is a... Can I just say... this is what you get for being friends with them. That kind of stuff, like stuck. Like, the place where people get stuck is so Dumb. All right, cut that conversation. <laughs> sorry, okay, sorry, sorry. I just that's a that's a conversation for off stream. But what are you doing, step bro? <laughs> what are you doing, step ladder? You're gonna end up on Reddit Ash. <laughs> Time to clip it, clip it, and ship it, boys. It's like when Sunny did the ooh voice on stream. Uh, oh my God. Holy. Oh no! Don't do that. Don't, step don't, ladder. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> what? Step ladder. <laughs> Jesus. I love Christ. the step ladder one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, I feel like this is a good place to kind of just call it because we've been. It's been an hour and forty minutes, and we gotta upload this to YouTube as well. We do, yeah. Um. So I, I feel like I feel like we've hit a good stopping point. Okay. If you agree. Um keep going, I'm down. Our podcasts are usually like borderline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, let's see if there is possibly somebody that we can send a community over to. Yeah. If you've got any uh any recommendations on, on as far as stream um stream rates go, let me know. Let me know. Um, also, one okay, really quick before we end though, one thing that I really wanted to do, um, one one last thing, um, let's get some feedback from everybody. I want to know what you guys, what your guys' thoughts. I want to know how often, like, uh, your thoughts on like interaction was today. What we can do to improve it, and if you guys even liked it enough to see it more. Um, I want to know like what you guys think, like how often you guys want to see it, because I'm down to do stuff like this as much as possible. I love mm -hmm. I love gaming and I love gaming on YouTube uh, on on Twitch and stuff like that, but, um. I think this kind of thing is a lot of fun to do. So, as much as the community wants to see it, I'm down to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate it, JG. Thank you. But um, thanks, JG. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, so yeah, Sean, it seems like most people loved it. We're, what we're planning on doing is probably every Saturday, um, if we commit to that that time. Um, Unfortunately, I start a job soon, so I was technically just kind of like supposed to be like a fill-in or like a quick little last minute yeah. person to join and stuff anyway so i'll start my work soon but we'll yeah see i feel like Sean. yeah i mean worst case scenario we change it around and you know yeah. what i mean we'll, we'll, um, do, we'll figure out yeah. a day that works but i mean at the very least um jojo and i are pretty much like the, the host co-hosts of this situation so mm -hmm. i mean we're down to have as many people um as many people as as we can on on the podcast and we'll probably you know bring in some other people to talk about different topics oh. in, the, in the future but um yeah. but I, as far as i know it would mostly be uh, jojo and i for sure aside from whoever else wants to join i am down to be a part of this when i can be and I'm next sick. week it's our guest is pewdiepie <laughs> oh no <laughs> Bro, imagine imagine if it like goes well and we start having to do like like uh like sponsored commercials for things. 
Oh my god. Okay. This is going to sponsored by NordVPN. Yo. We got to get we got to no. You don't make it until you have a Raid Shadows Legends sponsor. Raid Shadow Legends. I want my own gamer sub flavor. Um, Ant says, I like it. I think it'd be cool two to three times a week. Only thing is I would say is Dang. maybe make borders around your your cam things uh, just to make it more separated, if that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I, we kind of put this together literally last night, Ant, so we'll put some more time into it. Um, to be honest uh, with you, it probably can't happen two to three times a week because no. a lot of us don't have that time. Um, I'm obviously, most of you guys know that um, I edit. JoJo's starting a job. Drew's, you know, Drew's a busy person. He's very social. Uh, Ash is starting a job, so we don't have that kind of time. So we're setting it up for once a week, and plus, once a week will make it something for you guys to look forward to. It won't overdo it, and we'll be able to really think about what we want to talk about instead of just kind of pulling something out of our ass, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we can uh, either. Well, I know you've been doing a lot of design and stuff recently, right? But if you need help with borders, let me know, and I got you. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll look into things, and then I'll let you know. But yeah, we're gonna Did probably. We do once a week i'm glad everybody likes it so i mean that makes us at least more confident in doing it once a week yeah. at the very least um so yeah so we'll, we're gonna aim so the, so the deal is is that we're gonna aim for saturdays um saturdays are the goal for it and if we can't we can't i mean we'll let you guys know um but yeah i mean pretty much i'm but i'm glad everybody I mean, liked it if it's a morning thing i should be able to do it just because uh the shift that I'm starting out with is going to be at like 3 p.m. So. Well, I mean, I start. I. I mean, I only stream in the mornings. I prefer morning yeah. stream. So yeah. it will be in the morning around this time. It'll just be on Saturdays. Um. So. Yeah. Um. We'll probably. I mean, we have a whole group on Discord now. Um. Uh, with everybody, we'll probably start. Uh. Thinking about some different topics to talk about next week. If everyone's down, is everyone down? I mean, who here is yeah. down to commit to next week Saturday? me okay so so yeah so we'll have the whole group here next saturday um we'll get things we'll, we'll get things going we'll figure out a topic and all that kind of stuff it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed this i was i was kind of anxious going into it but um because i didn't know how i was going to perform but i'm actually really happy we did it um so yeah let's let's figure out somebody to raid i actually don't have anybody online that i can raid but um, one of you do send I it over send don't. it over to a homie there's a there's a tattoo artist that is Bad. online right now. Uh, they're kind of bigger though. I think they they oh. just started. It's the only thing. Um, wow. Didn't isn't Gamma Ray G someone that you recommended to me? Right? Gamma Ray G was somebody that we that we've rated in the past. I think I cleared up my follow list, so I I might have unfollowed. Yeah, I did unfollow him by accident. But yeah, okay. we do. We have rated he's he we have rated him before he's really cool he's playing uh little nightmares all right yeah um let's do gamma ray i i can vouch for him he's a very cool person he's playing little nightmares and all that kind of stuff um okay. really quickly of course uh i'm gonna go ahead and initiate the raid here and then we'll, we'll do our little outro hold on um thank you for the five bits by the way and i appreciate you dude thank you. w w all righty also drew thank you for the five bits i appreciate you <laughs> Alrighty, so we're gonna go ahead and raid a Gamma Ray G. We've raided him in the past. He's super awesome. Um, he is a um, W. He's a variety streamer, at least from what I know. But I've seen him play Valorant. I've seen him play like survival games. He's playing Little Nightmares right now. He's a super cool dude. So if you guys don't have it, or if you guys haven't already, and you don't know who he is, make sure to drop him a follow. Go spread some love. I appreciate you guys all hanging out with me, and of course, thank you to the three of you for joining me for today. 
Thanks and for um me. yeah we'll we'll aim for next saturday we're gonna talk behind the scenes about stuff this will be going on youtube um yep. i'll be uploading it as soon as possible there's not gonna be any editing to it i don't feel like there's any need for it um it'll kind of like diminish the purpose of the podcast so um this will just be going straight up on youtube um and then you guys can enjoy it i will be naming it but i'll i'll, I'll name it something other than eden uh than my eden channel so that way it's kind of a separate little thing but i will be announcing that in discord but yeah um we're gonna go ahead and send you guys over to gamma ray g so make sure to say hello thanks for hanging out chat we appreciate thanks, you chat. bye everybody we chat. love you love you <laughs> much love welcome to costco i love you <laughs> wow. I love idiocracy. <laughs>